Forever can. The podcast where we are totally prepared and ready to record Just with like the microphone time. in front of my face. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we are episode 200! 200 episodes. My dog didn't go crazy. No. Hey, good boy, Douglas. Ladies and gentlemen, that means for roughly four years, we have been powering our way through page after page of redacted Star Wars lore. Four years, 200 episodes, and serendipitously, we just get to start a brand new book on episode 200. And I am jacked up and so excited about this book. Shorter title, Lady Writer. Let's do it. Honestly, some of my favorite books, Troy Denning notwithstanding, across the entire EU, almost all my favorites have been written by the women. Mm-hmm. They kill it in Star Wars, and I'm excited to read Kathy Tires. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. You know, I you just said 200, four years. 23 books. Live math again, baby. Yeah. And we're at like 66, 6,700 pages of book we've read. Yeah, roughly, right? Because they're all about 300. Four, three to four. Yeah. Yeah. So add. The other series were longer. Actually, no, the first series was longest. Legacy of the Force had the longest books on average. So say we're hitting 7,000 pages? Probably right around there, man. That's awesome. Of. Unimportant <laughs> Star Wars information that doesn't count anymore until they decide to skim off the top of it, as they always do. Kylo Ren. Bastardization of my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> he had a chance, man. That Force Awakens is so good. Comparatively, I suppose. How do you not how do you not how do you not have a plan for all three? And then you're like we plan to make three. Okay, we're not doing this. No, no, we've had this. We're jazzed. <laughs> we're balanced. We're. I'm just gonna stick with Earth language. Jazzed <laughs> to start. <laughs> New Jedi. <laughs> New Jedi. Oh, this, I've just been screaming for three minutes. So far. Yeah. Shut up. Let's start balance point. The prologue. And I am going to read to you. The first three words of Balance Point. My apparently new favorite Star Wars book. <laughs> the book begins with these three words. Lieutenant Jaina Solo. Oh, boy. She's not... They didn't say her name on the back cover. There she is. She yeah. started the book. She's three words. First three words are her name. Yep, 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 yep. Let's do this. Here we go. She's flying with Rogue Squadron, battling coral skippers at Kalarba. Ooh, I don't like that in my mouth. You're right. Yeah. Mouthfeel for a word is a thing. Hey, it's over, not just for palates. Specifically over the moon of Hosk. How do you feel about Hosk? <laughs> I don't like... <laughs> the moon of Hosk over Kalarba? Hosk at Kalarba. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like the guy selling crab juice in the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Kakalash. <laughs> <laughs> Only crab juice and Mountain Dew or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's Mountain Dew and he, he picks the crab juice. Ew. I'll take the crab juice. Okay, anyways, anyways. Focus, Tim. Jaina, solo, flying with Rogue Squadron. And she's already so battle-hardened that she takes no joy in blasting these baddies. Mm-hmm. She's already so jaded by all the death and destruction of the war. Oh, wait a second. Wait. Too bad we missed all that, huh? <laughs> we didn't get any of that character growth in text because she's been ignored mm-hmm. for books. Ah, she's now so battle-hardened, it's not exciting to blow up coral skippers. Yeah. Last time we saw her flying, that I can really remember, her and her brothers were bouncing off asteroids racing and then having the time of their life blowing up coral skippers. And now she's like, it's old. Yeah, because it's been 10 months since Chewie died. So the war has been time check. Yep. 
She's here at Calarba, a.k.a. Cern Padal Part 2. Moon smashing. Yeah. Yeah. And we get the time check. That happened almost 10 months ago. And help, it's again. I wrote that joke for you. I like it. <laughs> I didn't write it. I just added it in here. All right. All right. Uh, this galaxy has lost lots. Wow. <laughs> Hard to look at on the page. <laughs> And not dyslexically destroy yourself? Yeah. Also hard to say. Anyways. <laughs> two, two letters. That's all you had to do. Is... It's been it's been less than a year since the Vong showed up. And we have tremendous losses across the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like, unbelievable how much they've destroyed. Think about, like, just imagine one year ago recording our 150th episode. <laughs> And then a war breaks out and everything is destroyed by the time we get to now. Like everything is awful. Planets, whole planets destroyed. Entire populations and civilizations gone mm-hmm. or displaced. The, your whole reality has fallen apart in under a year. All that safety blanket feeling of like community and governance and 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 you know, countries and planets and polit like all of the you have a you have a, a navy, you have an army, all of this protective bubble wrap that we pretend creates safety just gets moon smashed away from us like like our own personal Han Solo shell of invulnerability. Mm-hmm. Your entire life is turned upside down in the span of ten months. Ten months is not long. It's suddenly already August somethingeth again. Yeah. <laughs> and not November. Which I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, ten months. Lost a lot in this war in under a year. Criff McGriff, my guy. Mm-hmm. Suddenly and somehow Lee, the shields are stripped from the capital ship that Jaina is flying with. Champion. Somehow they rip the shields off of an entire Star Destroyer. It's not a Star Destroyer, is it? it is a, nah. Uh, it's a New Republic capital ship. Yeah. My bad. Anyways. Stronger than lowercase ships. Okay? That's the point. The capital ships are much stronger. They managed to yank the whole shield off. And then Champion explodes. Yep. Wow. The Vong seem to have some new advantage in the war. That's almost how every book starts. Like some new facet and feature of how they're kicking our asses yeah uh maybe like a bigger uh yep dovin basil designed maybe specifically just to suck gravity off and oh my god (laughs) jazz music okay the ship (laughs) (laughs) the ship explodes and lieutenant jana solo is caught in the blast it flung her against her instrument panel Rudder pedals seemed to crush up through her legs. Her cockpit's sides buckled, then vanished. A siren shrieked in her ears, blaring in rhythm with a synthesized voice. Ejection. Ejection. She flailed down into the force, grasping desperately, almost... A white explosion of pain washed awareness away. No! No! <laughs> We just got her back. She was in the book, though. We just got her back, and you're exploding her. No, stop it. God. Insert Michael Scott screaming, no, God, please, no. We just got her back, Tim. Mm -hmm. Arg. (laughs) That's our prologue. Yeah. The Vong are still here. They're badder, and now Jaina hath been touched. Like personal it's become personal again for our characters mm-hmm. Jaina just exploded whatever the results of that may be at least she survived long enough to hear ejection ejection that's that's gotta be good right yeah she didn't immediately vaporize right come on it's gotta be good oh how about a prologue title tim i didn't make a prologue title. i did ejection ejection okay aha uh-huh. i just wrote prologue don't don't call your prologue prologue Nobody really ever names their prologues, though, do they? No. Because that makes it just, I guess, feel like a chapter. It's another chapter. But this is 
This is like a good title. So ejection, ejection. It is a good title. Let's move on. Chapter one. The first two words of chapter one. Jason Solo. This is my kind of book. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, I mean, hey, this is my favorite characters, man. Give Give me twins. Give me the twins. Make them do cool stuff together. Or, I don't know, at least every maybe maybe Jane is going to be on Duro. Everyone else <laughs> is definitely going to be there according to the back of the book. Okay. Speaking of Duro, Jason is there. Mm-hmm. He's on Duro with his dad, who's talking to a Rin with a chitinous beak. Quote, a chitinous beak. A beak. A beak? Okay. Now, I kind of spoiled it last week, but a beak? Is that news to you? Because it, it is, was to me. It is. Maybe it's a deformity? I don't know. No, I don't think so. They don't have beaks. Not on the cover of two books ago, where the Rin is standing there with his white hair and mustache, and he's got like a, a cat bumper mouth. Yeah, there's no description of a beak. Up until the No, point. the word beak very obviously has not been used. Regier had one. Yeah, that was the last beak we saw. Mm-hmm. The Yamask has a beak, probably. It's a squid like a, monster like an thing. thing yeah. Probably got a beak. Not mentioned. His dad is talking to a Wren with a kite in his beak. Because Han Solo is working for Cellcore. Ah, he's working for his wife. Isn't she like the head committee of the Selcor? Wasn't that whole thing her idea? It was. That's like one of her political movements that she's made things mm-hmm. happen positively here in the war, right? Well, that's, that's kind so of maybe they're maybe they're on speaking terms? Or they're at least... Uh, maybe they're best friends again? At least working towards the same goal, it seems. Yeah. Here working. Yeah. To save refugees by putting them to work. To save this planet. Uh, not slavery. Cellcore. <laughs> not bad guys. Not bad guys out of Bregado Ray farms. Slaves. Yeah. Nope. That's bad guys. This it's government sanctioned. Cellcore. This is good guys. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I just find I find I find that to be so stupid. Mm-hmm. That was like a moral conundrum of the last book. Was that the the refugees were being sold to work at planets for their freedom? Yeah, the... and they're like now they're like you can come to Duro if you help us clean it. Ah, oh, it's the same thing that we were told was bad in the last book. Mm-hmm. So now it's okay because Leia is in charge, so there will be no funny business, I'm sure. But regardless of funny business on Duro, something is going on because Jason solo feels a puzzle with every cell in his being and quote, he didn't dare miss the clues. Not after what happened at center point, right? Yikes. <laughs> uh, you were standing right there when your uncle killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. A, ga- a half a galaxy away across the core. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, Let's let's put the core as a circle in the middle. They're both like uh, two points on the off to the right side of that circle, above it and below it, and they like shot yeah, all the way right past the it. core. Yep. Yikes! Like, does does this weapon just appear where they want it to? It destroys a big swath of whatever, and then just that's uh. last book, bro. We're onto a new puzzle that we daren't miss a clue of. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's reiterated that the Vong are unstoppable mm-hmm. in case you haven't read one of the books yet. Time check here. Center point fired two months ago. Okay. So big things happened. And then we took a break cleaning up refugees and Duro and, and settling things down. Everybody took a massive loss of their war force, right? So things have been quieter for two months. I would assume. Yeah, I would. Well, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, never mind the puzzle. Jason feels Jaina's pain 
collapses and has a three-page long vision. Yes. Maybe maybe the most detailed vision in Star Wars history? Maybe. I'm not even kidding. Anakin Skywalker in the movies is like, oh, oh, sweaty dream. Face, face, wake up. That's my vision. Leia in the last book was like, oh, I, I feel nauseous and dizzy and there's a bad thing. A three-page detailed vision for the specialist blood in the galaxy, Jason Solo. I might be biased. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's a tie, right? They have the same blood, the twins. Yeah. No, well, they can't. No, they're not. No, that's dumb. They're not identical twins. They're fraternal. Because yeah. they're a brother and sister, so they're not That's identical. Right, they're not identical. He has the most specialness <laughs> blood. Yes, I said specialness. Okay. Here is our very long and detailed vision I'm going to try to succinctly capture. Luke is fighting a Vong. More arrive, and the galaxy that they're standing on tips into darkness. With Jason's repeated attempts to join Luke in the fight, his anger and fear take him over. And then everyone's giants. But also a perfect representation of the light and dark. Mm-hmm. Perfect light, perfect dark. Good game. The force tells him, quote, stand firm, Jason. That is the, the direct quote that gets through to him in his vision. This is his takeaway. Stand firm, Jason. Other notes about the vision? Go read it. It's sick. But, like, information maybe you need to have. The figure fighting is Luke. Mm -hmm. But the voice speaking to him is, quote, vaguely like his uncle's. And then later, like Luke's but deeper. So who else could it be? He's watching Luke fight the Vong. Mm -hmm. He's trying to help a voice that is not Luke Skywalker's, but very like it, Mm -hmm. but deeper, tells him to stand firm. Jason, who else could it be? Quote, utterly familiar, but too deep to be Luke. Grandpa Skywalker. Could it be Anakin Sr.? Yeah, that's... Go read the vision. It's wild. It is. They're they're standing on a glass plate that is a map of the galaxy, and it's tipping back and forth like on a... Like it's on... Like it's a teeter-totter thing. Yeah. And every movement, it's a little bit to the light, a little bit to the dark, and then more dark forces arrive to overwhelm, as we've seen over and over, right, throughout the story. They're unstoppable. They're overwhelming. Every time he tries to help Luke... He makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Tips it more towards the dark. The Luke figure is, quote, blazing in the force like a star gone Nova. That's fine. <laughs> That's not at all familiar in a spoilery way. And then whole swaths of stars turn dark. Entire sections of the galaxy turn off after the Luke figure is blazing in the force like a star gone Nova. This is like, this is why I read Star Wars books. This scene, he's watching his dad talk to someone who maybe has a beak. (laughs) He's thinking about, I really messed up last time. I can't mess up. Oh God, my sister's in mega pain. And now I'm thrust into a mystical vision that is the balance point of light and dark. Yeah. Yeah, this is really, really good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Incredible stuff. Kathy, doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Jason wakes up and tells his dad that Jaina is hurt. I love this twin bond. They can feel each other across the galaxy, especially in extreme uh, emotional moments like this. She's hurt. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that he has this special bond to tell me that she's not dead. Yeah, she didn't blink out. Because if you blew her up in a prologue, I'm going to be mad no matter how good the rest of the book is. <laughs> okay. Oh, she's okay. She's hurt. Whew. 
Also, I love Jason and the Force. There's nothing better in the expanded universe than Jason Solo's journey and connection to the Force. Nothing. Mm. Nothing better. Nothing better. I'm getting everything I want at the beginning of this book. Yeah. Chapter uh, The prologue started with Jason Solo's name. Chapter 1 started with Jason's name. And I knew it. And then, here's more what I want. This is off to an excellent start. He quote he says it was his heritage talking about the force. Jason says it was his heritage. It was his destiny because he's been trying to avoid using the force for the last two months since everything went wrong at center point. Mm-hmm. And he's been trying to avoid joining the conflict to begin with. And that's why he's out here dealing with refugees. He's and... helping in some other small way. Right. Mm-hmm. But here comes an enormous vision to slap you <laughs> Back on track. Yeah, so intense. Whether it's the the bond of Jaina's pain, yeah. or whether it's how intense the vision is, he ends up in a med center because he's unconscious. <laughs> yeah, and, but at the end of this chapter too, he um he reflects on all this prophecy. Mm-hmm. He thinks to himself, "Would he cause the next galactic catastrophe by trying to prevent it?" And then Rogue Squadron calls. Mm-hmm. End of chapter. That's Jason Solo in a nutshell right there. Overthinking. Yeah. Uh, maybe not over, but thinking. <laughs> Purposeful, thoughtful consideration. Okay, I've had this incredibly important vision. What happens if I ruin the future by trying to save the present? How will I even know? What if what I do, what did he, what did he say? What if I cause the next galactic catastrophe by trying to stop this one? Right. Uh, Butterfly effect type of thing. Yeah. And, and if you, if your blood is this special, you got big butterfly wings. The the only problem with, with that is (laughs) it, it has the potential to put him into like a, uh, a decision paralysis where he's just not going to do anything. Right. Which is where he already is. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will like this. I don't know. But yeah, maybe the doing nothing throws darkness. Maybe he'll realize that he needs to help because it's already going bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't stop this catastrophe, well, then there's no future to even have another catastrophe. So worry about the future in the future, I guess. Would be my argument when the Yuzhan Vong are literally killing and taking over the entire galaxy actively right now. Keep your mind on where you are and what you're doing. Yep. But still consider the repercussions. Right. I think I think it's a, a rule that maybe the Jedi should later adopt in the future. You have to do good things today, not just because it will pay off in the future. Mm hmm. Yep. Right. I think yep. that comes up later. Mm hmm. Oh, that's it. That's the end of the chapter one, man. Um, Jason reflects on all this prophecy, and I read that line, and my eyes fall out of my head. Chapter title. (laughs) (laughs) I got fear and fury. Come on. This one's easy, man. Stand firm. I I actually like yours a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. Let's keep going. This is a good book so far. Chapter two. Jason. Ah. Ah, more Jason. He can put aside his fear for himself, as any good Jedi can. But. There, here comes a but. Mm-hmm. Fear for his sister? No way, Space Jose. I cannot put that aside. I am beholden to the emotions for the people I care most about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't help himself. He can't not react to his sister, the person he loves the most in the world, being in pain. Yeah. Can't put that aside. All this prophecy. Okay. Um, They try to get a message out to Rogue Squadron, but Duro is polluted and poorly connected, I guess, even though they're super close to the core. Yeah, it's like the pollution's like 
choking out the, like it can't get you can't to the get satellite yeah. consistently the clouds are too thick or something yeah, yeah. Uh, space problems you know i don't know p.s randa the hut is here mm-hmm. cut two. jason and han on the falcon trying to get a message out the ship's better why <laughs> still clouds i don't know better antenna sure they they're on the falcon and there's lots of bad feels energy in here and han asks jason why he's barely using the force anymore. And Jason recaps the center point experience for anyone just turning pages, just catching up, just jumping into the middle of a book series like Trevor Cox did. Mm -hmm. Tim, tell me what happened at center point. A big decision talks Anakin into not firing the weapon. And it gets fired anyways. And Kills. It goes bad. Yeah, lots of people. And it, so he doesn't want to use the force right now. Yeah. Uh, Turning away from it. He recaps his struggle. When does defense become aggression? Mm-hmm. Same. It was stated on the back of the book. He repeats it here for us to set the book up. This is what this is what he's gonna deal with. Mm-hmm. And I, I am in I am interested to see what conclusion he comes to or where he starts heading anyways, you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't have to come to a final decision by the end of this book. There's 13 more books about this war. <laughs> but which way is he going to start leaning? Look what happens when his sister gets hurt. He's yeah. like, oh! What situations he gets put into yep. that informs his decision. Exactly. And that's what this book's going to be all about, man. Whew. Anyways, the Millennium Phone Con rings. Interrupt phone con. What's a phone? What, what uh, does that mean? The millennium. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute. Yes, yes, yes. The millennium phone can. P H O N E dash C O N phone con. What the hell is that? Take no do. Jaggy bot. Okay. Anyways, the millennium millennium phone can rings interrupting han and jason's actual heart to heart apparently han's nice now yeah he's working on it. it's been he's a couple been months. hanging out with drama for two months so he's in a good mood yeah it's been a couple months since the last time we saw him so. yeah now he's finally back with his family probably ready to drag him down again in his, in his <laughs> estimation <laughs> Jaina is hurt she's alive but she might not recover is the message that the falcon gets from the rogue squadron and I uh, and then I I quote Anakin. No worst line of the prequel mm-hmm. trilogy. Just it, weird, weirdly, weirdly affected. Yes, it's supposed to be like, oh, it's the first time he has the mask on. Yeah, okay, but it sounds bad. But all, all the environmental stuff know. around him in that scene was cool. Yeah, where everything, everything, everything else sounded bad. Why was his voice? No, <laughs> why was his voice bad? Anyways, cut to. Leia, avoiding her family woes by leading the rebuild of Duro. It takes a princess touch. She's in a meeting with scientists, but notably, one is absent. Uh, Kriar, missing. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the missing scientist. That's going to come up, I'm sure, right? But he rarely shows up to these meetings anyways, is what she thinks. But he's also the only one. That stands out. Yeah. You know, so like... The only one actually doing anything. I'm mentioning mentioning the name because it's going to come up. Uh, they've had a major success so far at cleansing the marshlands for him. He has had... Kriar, excuse me, has had a major success cleansing the marshlands. And I'm calling it now, that guy is a Vong. I'm mm. calling it right now. Why does he stay away from all the people in all the meetings? He's wearing a disguise. Why is he so successful at terraforming? Because mm, yep. he's a bong. I'm calling it. I don't know that. This is not spoilers. This isn't memory. I never do that. I never do that on podcast. Mm-hmm. I've read all these books. I never spoil things. Never. I have this button right here. When if ever anyone screws up, Kevin, I hit it <laughs> and then we delete what they've said. Yeah, I've done it once. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it. Nope. I said beak last week. <laughs> But that's not so bad. No, you're, I don't believe you're very careful. Piece. I've done it once. You you press the marker button and went, no, what are you doing? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'm calling it. That's a Vong. Mm-hmm. That's a Vong. I'm calling it. That makes sense. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would be 
Everyone's at Duro already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, Leia heads to her home ish. 3PO asks if Han's gone forever. Like a sad toddler whose parents are in a fight or something. Yeah. Oh my God, it hurts so much. 3PO is so cute. He's having this crisis like we talked about. He's like having, he's becoming a real boy. Yeah. He's learning feelings. Mm-hmm. Even though he, he understands them <laughs> logically, right? Man, where's dad? Yeah. Ow. And then he tells her that Han's a droid hero now. Mm-hmm. Because of his uh, exploits on Abregado Ray, which is shocking to, to Leia. She's lived with the man and his droids. Han Solo, the guy who would have given 3PO to the Ewoks, is a hero of droids? Bizarre. And Leia's worried he might be dead because she hasn't heard from him again. And it's been just, two months. In months. Oh my God. But then. Okay, I love this line from her. She says about her husband. He'd matured so much from the scoundrel she'd come to love. Although he'd never lost the glimmer in his eyes or the quirk to his lips. Till he lost Chewie. Suddenly, he was Han with the itchy trigger. <laughs> trigger? <laughs> itchy trigger finger again. Han with the low-life friends. Scoundrel she could tolerate, even enjoy. All right, she admitted to herself, a scoundrel she'd adored. Over the years, he'd learned to drop the defenses that first turned him into a scoundrel. He'd learned to let her glimpse his real idealism. He needed warmth in return. Okay, now I love and hate this quote. Because I love she perfectly understands this guy. Yeah. That's great. And she's aware of all of it. It's also, I mean... It's a bit glib or flippant to say this about your husband and marriage, but like, it's not your responsibility to meet his absence with warmth and kindness. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what was the last part of that thing? He he needs warmth in return. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah. No, he needs to be warm in return to you at all times because you're always the better person in the relationship. Like, uh, I love that, you know, she's like, I, I get what's happening, but I don't like it. And then, and then she wrecks it at the end. She's like, he just, he needs warmth. Now he needs to smarten the hell up. I'll tell you what. It's been so annoying for like four books. Okay. Your friend died. I get it. A year ago almost. Which grief has no time limit. Mm-hmm. Be nice to your family, please, during the story at some point so I can enjoy you. Yeah. I'm not enjoying the character of Han Solo for many books. Yep. Many. Anyways. Anyways, he's a droid hero, so let's not speak ill of the, the baffle savior. Uh, I, just, I thought that line was a good way to say it, Kathy. Nice. Nice job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she summed it up for anyone who's just catching up. It's hard to go through these first chapters every time when you're reading every book. Yeah. And it's like, dad, this is what happened at center point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is what happened to Han Solo. You know? Yeah. There's quite a bit of recap, but you have to, you, you do have to. And then she passes out eating dinner. Is this okay? What happened? <laughs> is she dead? Ejection, ejection. What? Three uh... PO gives her a plate of food. And she says, she's like, this is a little weird or something? No, I don't think she said. She just falls asleep. Yeah, she's just exhausted. Yeah, I think that's what the context is. But was she just poisoned? <laughs> it's what? She just uh, falls asleep at the table in the food and chapter over. I'm not okay with this. What? <laughs> what? Are, why are you trying to kill all the women that I like in the story immediately? How about a chapter title? Too tired. <laughs> I went with more of the first half of the chapter. Long awaited one. You know what? I don't remember why. I tell you what. I don't know, but I like it. It's pretty good. Chapter three. Ooh, shake that head, Doug. Chapter three. Don't ever interrupt me again. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter three. Let's meet. 
War Master Savong La. I believe it's his first in-person appearance in the, in the story. Yeah, he had a, a small villip appearance. He's been here, yeah, via villip before, but... Yeah. The War Master Savong La. A living cape clung to his shoulders by its needle-clawed, gripping fingers. Rust-colored scales hung like armor plates from his breastbone and shoulder blades. Each larval armor scale had been seated against bone while a priestly choir sang atonal incantations on his behalf, renewing his pledges of devotion to Yunyamka, god of war. Over half a year, the plates had grown slowly, stretching his tendons, tugging his joints to new angles. Then the priests had declared Savong Law's painful transformation to war master complete. And then the next line just starts. Savong Law embraced pain. In case you forgot what the Vong are like. (laughs) Body transmogrification, suffering, pain, glory. And he is the embodiment of all of it. Here is the war master. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. He's so he's so tough. His cape holds on to him by claws. Yeah, Rawr. His his scales. His his armor is embedded right in his bone. Yeah, and he's not on a floating pillow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned from that mistake. Kind of took away the coolness of the introduction. Here he is. Savong La, in the horrid flesh. And he fill up chats with Namanor, who's running the show at Duro. Because of course he is. Mm-hmm. I think I might have been right. I think that guy, that missing scientist, might be a Vong. I called it before I read this. Uh, he's getting Vicky Shesh to send all the refugees to Selcor. She's the one manipulating where the refugees are going. And she has sent Selkor here to Duro. Mm-hmm. And now he is there in charge of it. Yep. Because, of course, he's always in charge of everything secretly. He also shows us some more new Vong technology. Living, organic Vong technology. He has a new masker. It's not an Ooglith. Mm-hmm. It has a different name that I did refused to write down we do he doesn't give it to us he doesn't give it to us yet good that's why yeah not because i was being petty (laughs) (laughs) he has a new masker which can replicate aliens now Mm -hmm. not just humans so he seems to be in charge of the six thousand refugees that savong law plans to sacrifice to young yamka so he can finally reach coruscant yep duro is doomed, quite simply. Rut-row, <laughs> sounds like we're screwed from the jump, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. I love, let's plot twist right at the beginning, because now you do. Now I have no idea what, what's going to happen mm-hmm. for the rest of the book, because here's a twist right away, secret. Woo! The, the Vong are on Duro, and they're in charge of it. It seems, and just through this conversation, I got a feeling that the Warmaster doesn't really like Nominor too much. I don't think anybody does because he's a freaking spy. He gets results, but nobody, everyone's kind of like, everyone hates him. I think they hate his whole cast, like his whole sociological group. I think the spies are hated because they. They like they break the religious edicts more than anyone. Yeah, they like, pretend to be these people, like they're and cowards. Use machines and fit in, and exactly, yeah. it's like an unrespectable thing, but a necessary evil, mm-hmm. sort of, to the rest of the society. I think, yeah, especially to but like- specifically <laughs> here. Yeah, he's like, don't talk to me, worm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. How about a chapter title? Enhance the sacrifice. Oh. Same idea. Painful transformation. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Also because of the masker. Come on. Mm-hmm. They rip. They take they into your pores. Right into your pores. Plunge, and... They plunge into your pores. Anyways. Tentacular. Chapter four. Mara Jade Skywalker 
watching husband Luke train nephew Anakin and having a quick reminisce about being raised as serial killer, the emperor's hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me point out. Mara says Anakin looks just like Luke mm-hmm. in several ways. Same build, same butt chin, same attitude, same inner strength. Now, please consider the following. Jason's vision. Had a voice. That was just like Luke's, but not. Mm-hmm. But not. They're training in public with a handful of other Jedi to boost their image. Kent Hamner's here. Silgal and Techly are discussing Corellia, Thraken, and how Anakin's a hero. Kip Dern and his dozen have been up to some business. We're just recapping mm-hmm. what's been going on in the Jedi neck of the woods, right? Yeah. Anakin's been getting a lot of respect and stuff recently. He's he's a friggin' war hero, 16-year-old, who's being treated... He's 15, I think. No, he might be almost 16 now. Yeah, it's Anyways, been 10 months. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's, he's being treated like the savior of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Except, so is Thraken, who is now, like, president of political party yeah, the, the center point the center party, point party. In, in Corellia which by the way not really a spoiler but even even into those other series later later on we're still talking about the government group center point party mm-hmm. that's cool because it just started yep it just started there click button new political faction weird <laughs> weird way to come about it but hey there they all go Mara's watching everyone and doing a lot of thinking, thinking about how um, she's mostly cured, how Luke's matured, and she remembers their fallen love mind meld in a deadly Nirawan, Nirawan, N-I-R-A-U-A-N, easy to read, in a cave, Nirawan place. Nirawan? Yeah, but. But now, you know, sure. I said it 12 times already. Try and do it on the fly, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had a chance to think about it. (laughs) I've already practiced it poorly many times. All right. Anyways, she remembers how uh, they fell in love. And uh, it happened on a cave in Niruan. And we'll probably get to that story in like 20 years. (laughs) Buckle up for episode 5,000 of Forever Cannon when we finally get to the meet cute of uh, Mara J trying to murder Luke Skywalker for years. Uh, Jedi Techly reports overhearing people say that there may be a Vong down in Dome Town here on Coruscant. But she's no fighter. And so it seems Anakin and Mara will be going to investigate whether or not someone's in Coruscant in disguise as a, as a, as a Vong. Not a Jedi. <laughs> They're Vong. They're Vong in disguise. They couldn't be here on Coruscant. They couldn't be on Duro. They couldn't already be literally everywhere. They couldn't be on both sides of the core, right? (laughs) They couldn't possibly reach Fondor. Anyways, hopefully this time Anakin and Mara will go on a slightly less racist to natives uh, vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slightly. Let's not trade them a shiny piece of metal for manual labor. Shiny what are they going to do with that metal? It has no value. It has literally no value. It's decoration. It's performative. And he knows that. And they did. Anyways, they, anyways, cut to <laughs> a walk and talk where Luke and Mara discuss her health, the rift between Jason and Anakin, and another mention of how handsome Anakin is. Of course, he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. She might just be saying this because she also just spent so much time saying he looks just like my husband. <laughs> yeah. But comes up again, Anakin is very handsome. Han and Leia's son, duh. Come on, two of the prettiest people in Star Wars. Of course he's good looking. Mara says, quote, Jason worries me. That dark side is dangerous, man. She knows this. She says this. And she adds this about Anakin and the dark side. It would chase Anakin, who was raised by an ex-smuggler who loved to bend rules, A loving but often absent mother, her talented aide, and a protocol droid. 
and at the Jedi Academy in the shadow of two siblings. If Anakin didn't fall to the dark side, then having resisted temptation could leave him even stronger. Maybe the most powerful Jedi of his generation. What? What? We were just talking. Wait a minute. Stop it. We were just talking about how special Jason was. Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> Anakin, if he manages to resist the dark side, big if, that's yeah. quite the caveat. Mm-hmm. Considering, I don't know, the cover of the book, Jason's vision. His name. His name. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she says he could be the most powerful Jedi of his generation. That's what they said about Anakin Sr. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They better make him a master. Oh, I hear the Anakins don't take that kindly. No. Ask the younglings. Anyways, she says this, and I'm just like, whoa. We are absolutely putting everything on the table. No subtext in the beginning of this book. No. All text. For text. Front text. Top text. If mm-hmm. Dom text. If one's a sub, <laughs> thus the other must be the dominant text. I guess logically that makes sense. Hold on to that silly joke. The kid's got potential, Tim. Mm -hmm. Who knows? There's so much potential in him. Who knows what he might grow up to be as an adult. Also, strong roast on the parenting of Han and Leia. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Mostly absent? Is that what she said? About Leia, yeah. Uh, Often absent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've talked about that before, right? Yeah. The kids were raised by babysitters who often failed to protect them from trying to be kidnapped. And the kids had to save themselves. But like, yeah, mom and dad were busy being president of the galaxy and stuff. So like, had things to do. You were left with a babysitter a lot. But I loved that just, she's just so starkly She's very direct. Honest. Yeah. Direct. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, that's what it was. <laughs> word <laughs> yeah here's here's what could here's what's and, going on and she's thinking to herself she's not saying this out loud yeah. right she might use a little more mo- emotionally sensitive language if she was speaking out loud but in her head she's like this is the story <laughs> that's how your children were raised burn cut to mara and anakin down in dome town at joko's alley mm-hmm. all right heading to the whatever it's called the leafy something yeah i think that might be right. the the bar or the tap calf or whatever. The leafy green, sci-fi baby, Dome Town, Joko's Alley, Leafy Green. Speaking of baby, Mara wants one badly, mm-hmm. but after her disease, she wonders if it would even be human. Yeah, excuse me, but I hadn't considered that. So ah, <laughs> yeah, she what? wants it with every day. She wants it more and more, but is. Every day, more and more concerned about that. What about the psychology of that? Why do I want it more and more? Mm -hmm. Is it because there is an alien DNA inside me that's brainwashing me like a like a wasp larva to 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 replicate so that I can chest burst one out of my body? Why? Yeah. What is what was the disease? Am I cured? Is the is the question for her? Mm -hmm. That's her story in this book. Yeah. Is there any lingering? I actually cured. Yeah. And I don't know how the hell you're going to get a definitive answer on that. They couldn't even figure out what it was. She, she got healed by weird alien tears. A bird's tears. Definitely had a beak. Mm-hmm. But the tears healed me. Feathers and you know what, man? There's, there's no way to figure any of this out. So she settles for teaching Anakin how to be a sneaky spy guy. Yep. Yeah. They head to the leafy green where a waiter feels like a void in the force. Busted. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, the second part capturing them or whatever probably not gonna be as easy as just being like ah oh, yes i feel all living things what's that hole yeah <laughs> like instant radar point at you what is that yeah there's there's right. a void there yeah but that's why you send the jedi yeah and that's why technically wanted to send warriors not herself the medical expert mm-hmm. but now is not time to capture this fong we'll wait till after his shift eat up 
finish your dinner. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're not going to take him down in the middle of a restaurant. No, there's too many, too much collateral damage in us and people around. How about a chapter title for chapter four? Champion of the Galaxy. Ooh, that's pretty good. I like mine better this time. An emptiness. That's very ominous. In the void, in her uterus, <laughs> like in her heart, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Emptiness. Ooh. I really like this chapter. I really like Anakin and Mara together. Mm-hmm. I think they are so on the same side of the coin. Yeah. Of 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 like last time they got together, she taught him not to be so frivolous and impertinent with his use of the force. Use it for important things, not to move firewood. Yeah. Right. And what is she going to teach him this time? What important life lesson is Anakin? Because last time he learned. The va- to not devalue your magic. Yeah. Hey, man, appreciate that, actually. And yourself, you have to do the work. So do the work. What is he going to learn this time? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm excited for them to be together. And look how good they are. They found him. They found that Vong instantly. I think Jason and Mara would be really good together. Because they would be antithesis to each and, other. And Jason would be able to learn that you can be an aggressor yeah. and still be good. But would he learn that from her? Or would he, like... Does he have a judgment about Aunt Mara and her past? You know, people can be redeemed and brought back from the dark side. But does, is Jason the kind of person to ever fully forgive stuff like that? Or, like, would he forever have a lifelong problem with his aunt? It's also very true. In a Nirawin cave. It's, it's very, it'd be very place, interesting but... to see Mara and each of the kids interacting. She's such a she... good character. It's it's interesting to pair up any of these characters. That's mm-hmm. the answer. Yeah. But so many of them have been left out of the books along the way for the last few. Like, we barely saw Jason and Anakin in the last book. Jaina held them apart for three seconds, and that was it. Luke and Mara weren't in the story either. It was Han and a dude who may or may not have a beak. <laughs> <laughs> All of our favorite characters. Okay, right? That's yeah. why this feels so good. Yeah. But there we go, man. The first four chapters setting us up with some awesome twin stuff. We get visions. We're talking about babies. There's Vong everywhere. Strong boys. Handsome. Let's keep reading. Next week, when we cover New Jedi Order, book six, balance point, chapters five through eight. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Perfectly balanced. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.